Welcome to the Golden Age of Comic Books. Well, hey, Golden Age fans, it is June 15th, 2007, and this is the 52nd installment of the Golden Age of Comic Books. This is Bill Jordan, your host, and... Will Jordan. And we're glad you're here this week. We are sitting on the floor of Heroes Convention 2007 in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can probably hear some of the noise in the background. It's about 9.30 in the morning on the first day of the show, Friday morning. And right now it's real quiet, or at least reasonably quiet, because it hasn't opened up uh, yet to the public. That happens at 11 o'clock this morning. But we came on down to do some podcasting here at the show. Uh, We've got, uh, I know I've already seen Peter Rios from Comic Geek Speak and Brian from Comic Geek Speak. I've seen Aaron Makem from Sci-Fi Dig. And there'll be other podcasters here as well. So check out their shows and what they may have to say about Heroes Con. It's been a good uh, experience so far. Shelton Drum, who is the organizer of Heroes Con, this is the 25th Heroes Con, by the way, uh, has been great to allow the podcasters to have a presence here. We're right next to Artist Alley, um, where all the artists will be uh, signing and doing sketches and whatnot for folks as the show progresses during the weekend. So, Will, what do you think about it so far? It's been a little quiet. The show hadn't even started, but uh, here we are. Yep, we've got a, uh, a lot of people already here setting up and some people still setting up and uh, it's looking like it's going to shape up to be a pretty good one. Yeah, I think so. The weather uh, was a little rainy yesterday coming down from uh, North Georgia here to North Carolina, but otherwise uh, not a bad trip and we've met some good folks already. Uh, had the opportunity uh, last night uh, after Will and I had uh, dinner, we met Jerry Robinson, the great Golden Age creator who was so instrumental in the creation and formation of Batman and the Batman family of characters in the early Golden Age of comic books. He started working on that title in 1939, both uh, the Batman title and Detective Comics, and continued on uh, through the mid-1940s. I believe he stopped working on that uh, character in 1947. But hopefully we'll uh, have an interview with Jerry Robinson on the Golden Age of comic books, and uh, I hope everybody's looking forward to that. It ought to be a, a really good, uh, really good interview, and get some good insight, hopefully, into the early days of the Batman and the Golden Age of comic books generally. Well, Will, I think uh, we, we've got a lot of banging going on. You can hear uh, in the background there are a lot of dealers moving in and setting up, so maybe we'll sign off for now, and we'll be back in a little while once uh, the show gets going. I'm sure it's going to be a lot louder um, with all the crowd noise and whatnot, but hopefully we'll be able to uh, manage that as, uh, as we go forward recording. Any final words before we break for a little while? Not that I can think of. Will's not awake yet. He hasn't had his uh, complete Coca-Cola yet to wake him up this morning. Actually, it looks like he just finished it. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to this. We're excited about Heroes Con. And uh, stay tuned, everybody. It ought to be a, a good and hopefully uh, extended Heroes Con podcast. We'll see you in a little bit. All right, we're back at uh, Heroes Con 2007. And I'm pleased to be sitting next to my friend Aaron from Sci-Fi Dig. Hey, Aaron. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Welcome to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. How was your trip down? It was good. It was good. Not too much to construction. Pretty much straight through. I see we have about a half hour left till the doors open officially. Yeah, I was amazed at uh, 10 minutes to 9. It's right now about 10.30, but at 10 minutes to 9, we had a line of people uh, already forming to get in here yeah, for the be 11 like o'clock opening. Probably like 20 people up there. They were all sitting down already, getting comfortable, waiting to get in. <laughs> I hope they haven't fallen asleep. No, no, I don't think so. Well, we- tell... Go ahead. I was going to say, we could go ahead and take some comic books up there and say we already got the good stuff. <laughs> cause a riot. 
Well, what uh, what are you going to be doing down here in Charlotte? What uh, what are you looking for while you're down here? Um, well, I want to speak with a few people that I talked to last year, and oh, I'm not really looking for anything. I just I actually I'm going to buy one masterwork. I just haven't decided what what that's going to be my big ticket item. Right. And maybe look to get a couple sketches done. Well, that sounds great. I saw a guy over there, one of the dealers had, uh, if you buy five, you get trade for five bucks. And if you buy five, I think you get hardbacks for ten bucks. So maybe you get a good deal over there. Yeah, I might have to head back over. I looked once, but I got my daughter with me, and she's dragging me from table to table. Uh, She's probably having as much fun as you are. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, Will was here with me a little while ago, and he's wandered off to help Earl Shaw, the dealer that we work with. But uh, hopefully he'll be back at some point. Yeah. What do you think uh, so far? Looks like it's going to be a good show. Oh, it looks awesome. I especially love and like the Indie Island. It's shaping up pretty nice. Yep. Now, sitting directly to your right are uh, Peter and Brian from Comic Geek Speak. Peter's waving. Hey, Bill. Hold on. There he is. Let me turn his mic up. Grab that microphone. Say hi to us. How you doing, guys? All right. Doing good. How was your trip down? Uh, smooth. Smooth sailing. Yeah. Rainy. Yeah. Smooth. Yeah, well, that's good. You excited about the show? Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see uh, Jamie and Brian haven't been here before, so I'm excited to see their reaction yeah. after the first day or two. Well, it'll be great, I think, like it was last year. There's a lot of energy already. Yeah, I know Brian already got himself a book. Uh, That's he, right. He's, he's excited Shopping, about it. and spending money already. Yeah, he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> That's my whole budget right there. That's he right. just blew his budget on one $12 book. <laughs> Well, what uh, what are you looking for uh, in particular? Anything anything you know special? What, f- uh, last year I kind of just wandered around, so I think I'm just going to do the same thing again. Because I know there's people who pro- who haven't been here before, right? And pe- return guests, and it's just fun to 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 see who's here and see what what work they have and uh, spend some quality time. Yeah, well, we're excited about it, and I know there are going to be a lot of great creators here. I can see uh, Irwin Hassan, one of the great Golden Age guys, just across the room from us here. And I bet there'll be a bunch of others before uh, before it gets going too much longer. It's a lot of prime interview uh, potential. That's right. Well, <laughs> you guys, you guys are the interview kings. I'm I'm just you know the old guy that runs around in the dusty old books. And ah, but it's worth it. It's all worth it. Yeah, it oh, is. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm glad you uh, you guys get on here with us. We're gonna keep going and hopefully do uh, a jam podcast a little you bet. bit later on today. Cool. Enjoy the show. All right. All right. Okay, everybody. Well, I'm on get back on the air here a little bit talk about some golden age comic book characters wanted to mention though uh, show's been open a couple hours now on friday june 15th we had about a thousand people come in the uh, front door when it first opened really big crowd a lot of those folks have been lined up for quite a while so it's looking to be a really great show i've seen some uh, wonderful artists here a lot of fans uh, a lot of folks coming up and, and greeting the podcasters so we certainly appreciate the support that you're giving us here at the Heroes Con. Well, let me go ahead and talk about a Golden Age character that I haven't covered before on the Golden Age of comic books, and that is none other than Wildcat. Now, a lot of you know Wildcat from his current uh, run in the JSA and in a lot of other DC titles, but he is a Golden Age character. Got his start way back in 1942 in the pages of Sensation Comics number 1. Of course, Sensation Comics number one is probably best known for the second appearance of Wonder Woman, her first cover appearance, and uh, she headlined that particular title all the way through uh, its run in the Golden Age of comic books. But uh, the Wildcat got his start in that title in issue number one, so let's talk about him for just a little bit. Wildcat, who was also known as Ted Grant, was actually the world heavyweight boxing champion. And uh, 
he became a superhero in his origin issue, and we'll talk about how that all came about in just a minute. Wildcat was the, uh, the brainchild of the great Bill Finger, who, of course, you know, uh, created uh, Batman along with Bob Kane. And also, uh, the first artistic chores on Wildcat were done by Erwin Hassan, one of the great uh, Golden Age comic book artists. But the Ted Grant character was a, he started out as an orphan and uh, throughout his life decided to take up the field of boxing. And as a boxer, he was uh, uh, really unsurpassed. He, as I mentioned, was the world heavyweight champion. He um, was one of the best boxers that had ever been. But that was the extent of his powers. He had no superpowers. He had no uh, special skills other than his skill at uh, being a really fantastic fighter. Uh, he was not necessarily a great detective, but he did use some detective skills in solving crimes. In his origin story, uh, we learned that the uh, character Ted Grant had been framed for a murder. He had been framed for the murder of another boxer whose name was Sucker Smith. And as a way to try to uh, clear his name, the Wildcat, or Ted Grant, decided that the best and most effective way that he could do that would be to become a superhero. And it's interesting in this story written by Bill Finger that the uh, uh, Ted Grant character was inspired by a child who was reading, believe it or not, a Green Lantern comic book. And as part of the... Uh, uh, the, the mystique of the superheroes through the comic books, Ted Grant decided, you know, I ought to do the same thing. And so uh, with the inspiration of the Green Lantern comic book that he saw the child reading, he created a costume that looked like a big black cat, a feline character. And, uh, of course, those of you that are familiar with Wildcat know that it's a black uh, skin-tight jumpsuit with the cat head for the mask. And uh, that was uh, his guise as the Wildcat. And so the Wildcat went out to look for the murderer of Soccer Smith, and sure enough, he found the thug who had committed the murder and pretty much beat the guy senseless uh, until he agreed to confess in writing for the murder of Soccer Smith. And, of course, the rest is history. The Wildcat maintained his superhero identity and uh, was the Wildcat thereafter. I'll mention this as an aside. It's kind of interesting. I, I, I talked about how the Wildcat was inspired by the uh, Green Lantern comic book. Well, later on in this same issue of Sensation Comics number one, uh, there was a story of a character called Little Boy Blue. And Little Boy Blue was actually inspired to become a superhero by seeing a comic book story about the Wildcat. Both of those stories were written by Bill Finger. And so I think it's interesting that Finger, in both of these stories in the same issue of Sensation Comics, based his uh, origin upon the inspiration uh, from other characters, including one who had his first appearance and origin in that particular issue. Now, there were other characters in the life of Ted Grant in The Wildcat. One, of course, was his fiancée. There was always a love interest for every one of these Golden Age superheroes, and uh, The Wildcat was no different. And in the first story, you find that uh, he has a fiance whose name is Joan Fortune. She continued on as a uh, bit player or a love interest in the life of Wildcat and Ted Grant from that point forward. She did not know his secret identity, at least at that point. There was also a, a sidekick, if you will, or his boxing manager. This guy's name was Stretch. He made his first appearance in the pages of Sensation Comics number four. 
And uh, Stretch, again, did not know Wildcat's secret identity or Ted Grant's uh, Wildcat uh, superhero persona. Now, the Wildcat made his appearance in the Golden Age of Comics primarily in the pages of Sensation Comics. As I mentioned, he first appeared in the January 1942 uh, issue number one of that title. And then he ran until issue number 21. That was the September 1943 issue. He picked up again in issue number 37. That was the January 1945 issue. And continued appearing regularly in the pages of Sensation Comics until what would be his last Golden Age appearance. That was issue number 90. That was the June 1949 issue. Now, the Wildcat also appeared in some other Golden Age titles. He appeared in the pages of Comic Cavalcade number 1. That was the winter 1942 issue in a solo story there. He appeared in Comic Cavalcade issue number 2. That was the spring 1943 issue in a solo story there. Now, interestingly, the Wildcat uh, also appeared as a guest member of the JSA in two different stories in All-Star Comics. First, in All-Star Comics number 24, that was the spring 1945 issue, he appeared in a story there with the JSA. That was, I believe, Wildcat's very first cover appearance on any comic in the golden age of comic books. He also appeared in the pages of All-Star Comics number 27. That was the winter 1945-1946 issue. Again, a cover appearance there. And I believe those were his only two cover appearances in the golden age of comic books. But, as we've said so many times, with the decline of the golden age of comic books and comic books generally in 1949 in the case of Wildcat and then on into the uh, early 50s with others, uh, the golden age of comic books came to an end and, of course, so did the run of the Wildcat. But that wasn't the end of the character and he reappeared again in the silver age of comics uh, as so many DC golden age characters did. The Wildcat came back for his first Silver Age appearance in the pages of The Brave and the Bold, number 62. That was the October-November 1965 issue. And uh, he continued to appear then somewhat regularly in the Silver Age of comics. I believe his next appearance was in the page of The Brave and the Bold, number 88, where he teamed up with Batman for the first time. That was the May-June 1969 issue. He also uh, appeared later in the pages of Brave and the Bold and teamed up with Batman. And as many of you probably know, there were a couple of issues devoted to uh, Batman and the Wildcat teaming up in a miniseries that DC did, I believe, in the late 90s. And there was a Catwoman uh, uh, Wildcat team up also, uh, I believe, in 1998. So uh, those of you may who, who are familiar with the current Wildcat character may be familiar with those as well. Of course, the Wildcat continues as one of DC Comics' main characters in the uh, JSA and in other stories. And he has, as Peter uh, Rios from Comic Geek Speak and I were talking about a little while ago as we were sitting here at Pod Alley at Heroes Con, he sort of uh, become almost a grandfatherly figure. Uh, in, the, in the modern days, he uh, has, has been uh, told to have trained the Batman out of box and uh, other, other characters, uh, the Black Canary and others. Uh, so a lot of uh, interesting storyline has been added to the origin uh, and the mystique, if you will, of the uh, Wildcat character throughout the course of the Silver Age, uh, the Bronze Age, and into the modern age of comic books. But in the Golden Age, the Wildcat was just Ted Grant, the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, no special skills other than being the best boxer ever, 
and uh, he fought crime in that persona for many, many years until 1949. So I hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about the Wildcat here while we are attending Heroes Con 2007 uh, from the floor of uh, the dealer room in the Artist Alley area. The crowd continues to grow here, uh, a lot of excitement for the Heroes show, and I know we'll be back uh, here in this episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books in just a little while from Heroes Con 2007. All right. We're back once again at Heroes Con 2007, and we've got a motley crew here at the microphones. Uh, we'll go in order. Who we got? I'm Aaron from Sci-Fi Dig. Brian from Comic Geek Speak. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I got oh, right in. Jumping right, right in around. there. Go ahead. <laughs> this is Joe from Comic News Insider. Peter from Comic Geek Speak. All right. We've got a great crew. Well, guys, are you having a good show so far? It's about uh, 3 o'clock. show's been open since 11 this morning. What, what do you think? Aaron? I love it. It's great. I'm having a good time. This is definitely, this is my second year at Heroes Con, and it is worth it. It is worth your time to come down. There's a lot of people here to see, and uh, a lot of great FaceTime, and uh, it's great to see the families here, and I'm loving it. What do you, go ahead. No, so far, it's really great. This is actually my first time at Heroes Con, and I'm glad to be here. This is the 25th anniversary, right, of the show? Correct. So that's really cool, and it's Nice and laid back atmosphere so far. A lot of, uh, it, like you said, it's a great opportunity to talk to everyone because it's pretty low key, not mobbed. We were online with Rosario Dawson. It was only, a, you know, like 10 people, five people, you know, half the line, so it was nice. Compared to the 6,000 people that we're waiting for at San Diego. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Big show. Right. What, uh, what are the highlights so far? It's only a little into the first day, but uh, Brian, what are your highlights so far? Well, so far I got one sketch on my new jam piece. Uh, Ryan Stegman did a beautiful Namor for me, so that makes me happy. I got a couple more sketches lined up for this afternoon and tomorrow, so it's going to be good. All right. Peter, what about you? You know what my highlight is? Just walking right by us uh, over there. I saw my first Stormtrooper of the weekend. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. a biker scout, Peter. Oh, is it? That's not a Stormtrooper. <laughs> Stormtrooper, though. Aren't they under the same class over there? No. I'm afraid not. No. No. Biker oh. scouts are completely different from Stormtroopers. <laughs> they have a whole different training camp. They they have a rivalry with the softball league. It's terrible. See, there yeah. goes my geek cred, right, Aaron? I'm totally, I, he's laughing at me. I just think it's funny that he corrected you. <laughs> Anybody else will let it slide, but he's just like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> so they wouldn't be like, maybe a, a biker scout can't also be a stormtrooper? Is that like, you know, a Marine cannot be in the Air Force, man. It just doesn't happen that way. We've totally just gone off tangent here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Bill. Uh, that's okay. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what in the heck this has to do with the Golden Age of comic books. You know what? Not a damn thing. Go ahead. Uh, highlights. Well, highlights for me was just getting here because I was uh, delayed getting here, having to change aircraft. It was not exciting at all. Uh, no, but so far it's it's great. I mean, I'm looking forward to the rest of the weekend and, you know, coming from New York, I like it to be very crowded and busy. So tomorrow should be a much more enjoyable day. <laughs> well, we had a thousand people waiting to get in the door this morning at 11 o'clock, and I don't know how many people here now, but it looks to be a pretty good crowd still, even for late on a Friday afternoon. I hope that uh, hope it stays that way. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. What about guests? Who are your who are your favorite guests here so far that you've seen? I haven't seen anybody so far. That's my favorite. I've just been walking around talking to people basically at this point, but I don't really have any rock solid plans i'm just wandering around spending too much money and seeing what there is to see (laughs) 
It's all about spending the money. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, well, I got to see Jerry Robinson again today, and uh, uh, of course, being the Golden Age guy, I love I love the old uh, Golden Age material. And Jerry was kind enough to sign a, uh, a lithograph that he's got over there, and I'm looking forward to talking to him later on in the show. But you're going to talk to him because you're going to do another podcast, right? That's right. You got that right. I know I'm getting a hard time for not having done a podcast in a month, but you know what? We're doing them right now. So That's true. I'm, That's true. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. So what are you guys, uh, what are your plans for the show, guest-wise, interview-wise, that kind of thing? Uh, I'm running around uh, just doing like little short five, ten-minute interviews with uh, people that we know of, people that we don't know of. Uh, actually, I was walking by one booth. Uh, the artwork kind of caught my eye. I'm not quite sure who they are, what the book is, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go over, check it out and uh, see see if they want to talk for five, ten minutes. Uh, sometimes that's you discover some really cool things that way, mm-hmm. um, and that's a great thing about, especially yeah. this kind of show, because they have the big names, but they also have the Artist Alley and the Indie Island, right. where you, you just, you're going to find the next hot new artist, probably, or, or, the, or the best, uh, a new project that's really interesting. Right. Everybody so. seems pretty receptive to taking a little time exactly. to talk to yeah. us. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's everybody bought? I know it's only been a couple hours. I've already dropped a few dollars. No, not too much. I actually I bought uh, tra- one through five trades of Walking Dead. So, oh, excellent. Have you read it yet? I ha- I have, but I wanted to get the collection. So. Okay, cool. And it was half off. You can't go wrong. No, uh, not at all. So can't beat that. Thirty bucks, the whole thing. Uh. And, to, and to keep it in line with Bill's podcast, you know the the old the original Golden Age Walking Dead. That was really really awesome. People were walking around in the carriages and eating the old horses. <laughs> while they were going around in carriages and, you know, a classic. Fun. Working hard to redeem himself on a stormtrooper. That was atrocious. Soon, soon, soon to be an archive edition. I'm trying to save the show, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. We're keeping with the theme then. I want to read that. I bought a, a chicken burrito last night. <laughs> I actually didn't buy comics at all. Did you bag and board that? Or? <laughs> no, no. Mm. No, but it's still sealed inside me, so. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. What about you, Brian? What'd you buy? I bought um, the third volume of the Daredevil hardcover, the Bendis and Malev run, because it was mi- I have one, two, four, and five, so I needed to fill yeah, in the hole. Everybody ran over to that corner, and then I went over to that corner, and I couldn't find anybody to take my money. Because <laughs> this morning, I'm like, there's nobody here to give money to. I oh, want stuff. That's unusual. It was only yeah. 12 bucks for a $30 hardcover, yeah. so that's a good deal. That's a very good deal. There's some good deals at the show. Absolutely. Bill, are you gonna are you gonna walk out with any uh, Golden Age single comic or anything? I'm gonna try. I've looked at some. I'd love to find a Batman number four. Uh, that's kind of the one of the holy grails that I have left to get for my collection. If I can find one, we'll see. But uh, Bill you know. has almost all the entire Batman. Yeah, we were really? just talking. He was talking about, about but you're missing one in four, right? Yeah, that's right. Wow. Need two more. Yeah, and that's the number impressive. one will take a long time. To can I come to your house and read them? Uh, you can read the archives. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it looks like, uh, you know, there are a lot of Golden Age books here, but I haven't seen uh, the books that I need, so I'll keep looking. I'll what keep do you looking. think, that, what would be the price for something like that? Uh, uh, the number four, I don't know. You know, if I was going to find one that was probably BG, it's probably going to be uh, 700 to 800 900 bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. not too bad. Well, it's not, it's, everything's relative, you know. Exactly. Okay. You can buy a lot of uh, trades and other books for seven 800 bucks. That's but, true. Uh, but I'd like to. I'd like to find one of those. And, uh, you know, I, I don't just collect Batman. There's some other Golden Age uh, books I'd like to get, uh, some Detectives, some World's Finest, things like that. So hopefully I can find some of those as the show progresses. <laughs> so. what, uh, what's going on in terms of uh, the After Hours Comic Geek Speak and other comic podcast uh, activities? What are you all up, up to? Well, definitely the big thing for Heroes Con is everybody just 
gathers over at the Westin. Yes. Yep. And uh, it's fun to just sit and, and not talk comics, you know, just like kind of meet the creators and see what they're like on their downtime. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And the Heroes Con is great for that after con meetup, the bar con as they call it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, I think it's part of the convention experience. If you only go to a convention, that's great. But if, if yeah. you're just if you're going to convention, also see what happens afterwards because there's a lot of fun stuff that yeah. uh, like yeah. the auction that's going on and uh, there's a lot of other things. Seems like uh, the the bar area. We we walked over there last night for a little while. Had had supper at the uh, at the West. And it seemed like it was a pretty relaxed atmosphere over there. Definitely. Yeah, it seems pretty laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, you have your your daughter with you, right? I so. do. I lost her. Oh no, she's not going to talk. She was she was been running around trying to get me to. She wanted a, a Shazam comic, so I found one for her, but it was eighty dollars and she wouldn't buy it. I don't understand. <laughs> well, so well, I, wanna, I just been, saw I just saw her leave with your wallet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been reading I've been reading a Shazam uh, showcase to her, so now she's all about Shazam. So we went around. We found I found one for eighty, one another one for eighty, and. A Captain Marvel Jr. for seventy, and she wouldn't have any of it. Nice. What about that new Jeff Smith? <laughs> I was going to uh, say, do you pick yeah. it up? Um, you know what? I, I actually have the first three issues of that, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't read that one to her yet. But I think she might get a kick out of that. Definitely, yeah. yeah. They're good. I've read them. Have y'all read them? Yeah, yeah they have a lot yeah. of fun. I, I've enjoyed yeah, them. I like it. They're like pretty good. Yeah. But, but, but what do you think of the new spirit? Have you have you checked that out? I, 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 I have. I've read all of those. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to, to read something not by Will Eisner, yeah. but at the same time, it's uh, it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. So, do you have any concerns about the upcoming feature film? You know, I haven't heard much about it, but uh, I always have concerns when they take something that's, uh, you know, so so important to the golden age of comics and, and comics generally and turn it into a film. You know, yeah. it, it can be good or bad, but don't know much about it, really. Well, I hope, uh, I mean, I think Frank spoke a little bit about it and said he... Frank, you're on a first-name basis with yeah. Mr. Frank Miller? Frank Miller, yeah. <laughs> they had lunch um, the other day. He, uh, but I, you know, having known and uh, spent time with Eisner, I think he... Is um, you know, hopefully he'll he'll do with due diligence for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to what they come up with it. Yeah, you know, it's like any superhero movie. You know, the the the, the fan base is going to either love it or hate it, and then there's going to be a faction within both that love pr- certain parts. We were talking about Spider-Man three last night and trying to rank it with the other two, and you know, it's hard to do that yeah. depending on what which characters you like and what aspects of the of the sure. character you like. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it though. You know, the more they do, the the right. better it is, I think. So. Good. Yeah. How about you? Are you a fan of, fan of this new Spirit comic? I read the first issue and then the Batman one-shot. Yeah. And I thought DC is pretty good to Darwin Cook. They're going to collect it in probably a collection that's going to look sweet. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, although I'm not a big Dre guy, I thought, you know what? I might wait for that one. Yeah. Uh, read it all in one sitting. Uh, not that it needs yeah. to be read that way, but uh, just get a nice collection of it. I think it'll look better on the shelf. Yeah, I liked his treatment of, of Batman. I was a little disappointed that in that issue that he didn't include Ebony along with the spirit. Ebony's shown up in the in the regular title, but uh, I was Especially a little disappointed. Especially because of the whole sidekick thing, Batman and Robin. And yeah, and that's right. Yeah. They could have done a lot with Robin and Ebony, I think, in that, in that one shot, but they didn't do that. I was a little disappointed about that. So. I like the covers of the new spirit, the way they're, like, they're matte. You know, they're not real glossy. I'm a, I'm a fan of the matte stuff. Like, I don't like glossy paper. It's too hard to read in the sunshine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, if you read, like, The Exterminator or something like that, and it's it's all matte, it's just so much easier to read. But I really enjoy the covers of the Spirit, and the Spirit has been it's like the, consistently the bottom of my pile every week. You know, whenever it comes out, that's the one that's the very last one I read, my favorite one. And I, I, actually, the current one I haven't read yet. It's still sitting at home on a kitchen table. 
you know, I don't know if I've ever sat out in the sunshine and read a comic book I before. Do. I was I'm just thinking the same think. thing. I yeah. sit on the back porch, people. Leave me alone. Must <laughs> be nice. <laughs> you city folk. Actually, one of the things I do like about the new spirit is that Darwin is keeping with... Darwin, you're on a first-name basis? Exactly. You know, it's all about a uh, first-name basis. Um, okay, Mr. Cook is doing these. He's still doing the traditional kind of big spread of the spirit name yeah, yeah, inside, yeah. Right. just like the original stuff, with right. and mixed in with the artwork. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Yep. Have you all been keeping up and reading the spirit archives as they've come out? Not at all. I'm I'm looking for the Spirit Archives. I found, like, number three. I want number one. I've been looking around for it. Well, I tell you, they're about to get to, I would say, in the next six months to a year, they'll get to the Wally Wood issues, the Wally Wood sci-fi issues. I don't know if you're familiar with the Wally Wood sci-fi issues, but towards the end of the Spirit's run in the early 50s, Wally Wood did the the art uh, on the Spirit, and uh, it was a journey to the moon, really cool stuff. So if you like Wally Wood from EC and the sci-fi stuff, you'll probably enjoy Wallywood's treatment of the spirit in those. It's not like an advertisement. We actually did a, uh, an episode on his on the Best of Spirit collection, mm-hmm. and that was uh, probably the most spirit I've read. Right. And uh, we actually had Dennis, that's Mr. Kitchen to you, uh, <laughs> join us on the episode. And uh, and it was a lot of fun to learn, you know, to learn about it and actually dip into it more than just uh, a few pages here and there. It was like a yeah. whole collection's worth. So. Yeah, well, that's cool. You know, I've, I've enjoyed... Uh, reading that and I'm glad they're collecting more of the, the old stuff in order you know the even the peanuts stuff I don't know if y'all have covered that at all on your show but not really comic book stuff but even reading the peanut strips in order has been pretty cool I think Jamie's into those collections a lot is he yeah, yeah big time oh yeah, yeah it's good stuff so what? what's coming up on your show Bill well yeah, uh, when you get back to podcasting you're, you're coming up on my show <laughs> uh, and you and you and you all you guys uh, hopefully uh, I'll cover some more golden age characters I did a little bit earlier in this show that we've already heard by now on, on the Wildcat enjoyed learning a little bit about him uh, I don't know I've got to sit down and come up with some more golden age characters and creators to talk about I kind of sit down and, and start looking at all the stuff I have and I decide well let's let's cover this character and depending on how much information I can find, then I'll do the show. It's, it's hard sometimes to find a lot of information on some of the, the uh, um, not-so-popular Golden Age characters that I want to cover because they're not reprinted and, and there's not a lot of uh, background information available. But I dig and I dig and, and find you know, what I can. But I'll probably uh, get away in the next few shows, away from Marvel and Timely DC, and, and uh, uh, try, to, uh, try to get some of the, uh, the other stuff uh, that came out in the Golden Age that I've covered a little bit in the past. So we'll see. In other words, I just answered your question told you absolutely nothing. What about you guys? What's coming like up a true for you? lawyer, huh? That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's what we're trained to do. We actually don't. We only have one episode in the can. It's a, a, a footnotes episode. I guess by the time this airs, our, you know, the listeners will hear that. Uh, we have to do our heroes wrap up. Uh, we always, after every convention, we talk about the convention. So it'll be part heroes, part Wizard World Philly, because some of our crew's down there. All right. And. Um, we have uh, our book of the month. Uh, this month is Akira. We're talking about that. And uh, what else? Wizard World, uh, World War Hulk is coming out. So yep. we usually yeah. try to do a special episode on, on the big events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be probably the rest of July. June. Good. What month are we in? We're in June. Yeah. Where, are, where are, we? are we at? All blends together after <laughs> a while, yeah. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about you? What about CNI? Um, what do we have coming up? We have... Um, uh, with uh, Jimmy's Dan- eye surgery, Jimmy's eye. Yeah, Jimmy's wearing an eye patch at the moment. <laughs> I thought that was just because he went and saw the pirates movie. No, no I thought he was being a pirate. He scratched his eye. So, <laughs> so it probably would have been rude for me to go up and go. Arr. 
but we have our, we're going to do obviously the wrap-up show from this. We have uh, Dana Snyder, who's uh, Master Shake on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be talking with him. And um, nothing. And then the next big, big thing is in August, we have our, our 100th episode. Yes, yeah, that's right. Great. Congratulations. Uh, in August, August 4th, yeah. If slow as I go, 50 was a big deal for me. You know, maybe <laughs> one day I'll get to 100. What do you got coming up, Aaron? Um, well, I'm going to do a Heroes Con wrap-up, and I'll probably spread that out through the month, though. And the, the thing I'm currently working on is I'm doing a breakdown of the movie Megaforce. Who here can remember that movie? Which Megaforce? one? Megaforce. Did it have biker scouts in it? You guys are killing got, me. We got blank <laughs> stairs do. going on. The motorcycles have wings Wait, that come out, I, and they I fly. saw this. This was the it's weird, got, uh, super cheesy. It's got, like, uh, Barry Boswick in it. plays the main guy. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. And I have been looking and looking and looking to find a copy. It's not available on DVD. I can't find a VHS copy. But I found a copy through other means. And uh, I just finished obtaining that copy about 45 minutes ago. Wow. And uh, <laughs> so I'm going to use that for the breakdown. But I just it's just the, the cheesiest movie ever. But when I was a kid, y'all, y'all collect comic books. Because it was on the back of every single comic book for, like, I swear, a year. An advertisement. I, I do Where he's standing that. there and he has a bandana wrapped around his head. I'm going to go find a comic book and buy it just so I can show you the back of it. <laughs> but um, it is super cheesy. But when I was a kid, I thought it was the best movie ever. And so I have to do a breakdown of that. It's really cheesy. But I'm gonna do, that's, that's my big project. Nice. Next. Yeah. Who's going to go see the new FF movie tonight? Started today. It won't be tonight. Yeah. That's for sure. It won't be this weekend. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. They got, a, they got a life-size Silver Surfer in the front door here. I got to go see that. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, pretty cool. Nobody sounds too terribly excited about it. I, I'm excited to see it. I just don't know when I'm going to have yeah. time. Yeah. This whole weekend, yeah. this whole week is full for me, and then next weekend I'm busy, and I, you know, I don't know. I'm taking my daughter next week sometime, So, but it's not going to be this weekend. Although I do see that Spider-Man 3 is playing at the IMAX that's around here somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how we saw it on IMAX. Yeah. Oh, did you? Wow. Awesome on I bet that was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I actually saw Spider-Man 3 in Russian. In Russia. Actually, in Siberia. And it was completely in Russian. What I had, were you doing now? I had no idea what they were saying. It was in the gulag. But you could figure it out. <laughs> and, uh, no sub, you know, obviously no subtitles. Why would they? Oh, um, It was quite an experience. <laughs> and just by seeing that, I didn't want to see it in English. <laughs> that was enough for me. I was like, okay, I get the gist of you it. You guys. <laughs> Can't imagine seeing it in Russian. When did it start over there? Same time it started it over did, here? It did, actually the same. In, literally in an, in a region in Siberia. Wow. At a movie theater. I, that's why I saw it. <laughs> Were you over, can you tell us why you were over there? Is it one of those things, if you tell us, you have to kill us or something uh, like that? Probably. No, I was there <laughs> because it's an awe moment. No, I was there because for the last... Uh, three years I've been sponsoring a kid at an orphanage in Russia and Siberia and I went to visit them and visit the kid. Wow. So that's fantastic. Pretty cool that's cool experience. Yeah. That's fantastic. Nice. Way to make the rest of us, you know, <laughs> feel like hacks. I'm spending my money on sketches for me. <laughs> <laughs> I gave money to hospice to Klingons over there. Does that count? Nice. <laughs> is, is that a stormtrooper Klingon or no. oh. Make Brian Don't talk nonsense. <laughs> Don't talk nonsense, Bill. Storm should cling on. They can't get the helmet on. <laughs> oh we just have a special guest appearance now. Yeah, I can see that. Got uh, we're, we're just arriving at the phone. table. Yeah, who we got here? That would be me, Jamie D. There he is. Hey, 
and Brian Pants Christman. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome, guys. We've been uh, talking about you guys since we started this jam podcast here a few minutes ago. Of course, because we're the most important ones. That's so. right. Most important and most to be talked about. So. Where have you guys been off to? Been in a panel? We went off to the DC panel where they just dropped a little bomb on everybody. What was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Flash is canceled with issue 12. Actually, issue 13. Issue 13. And they are going to be resoliciting it, all new Flash. Uh, all Star, I guess you call it All Star. All, all Flash. No, I think it's all all Flash, Flash number one. So written by Mark Wade. Yeah. Wow. So that was so their big bombshell. They actually called. Wizard World Philly, <laughs> talking to Bob Wayne, who was in the room doing the DC Nation panel, and they were doing it together. They were saying, and they, they made that announcement together, so there was no, like, lag, because Matt Brady was sitting in there yeah. typing away on his little little thing, <laughs> blogging it, so I guess they figured they couldn't keep it secret if they did it between the two. Wow. So yeah, 14 and 15 will, were false solicited. False solicited, and it'll be all Flash number one. All Flash, bringing back a Golden Age title. Yeah, I love and, that. And, and I, my, 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 my uh, thing is, I think it's going to be Barry Allen. Honestly and truly, I do. Wow. Why do you think that? Because Mark, Mark, Mark Wade wants to do it. He's yeah. wanted to do it for a while, I think, and it's his excuse to do it now. Now that we have New Earth and all Countdown and all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, that's so cool. I think for all you all you uh, Silver Age fans out there, I think uh, Barry Allen will be back. Yeah, look forward to that. Great. So that's well, where we that's where we've been. Well, how have you guys liked the show so far? Pretty good. First time yeah, here. Pretty good. I got a bunch of sketches lined up, and I've been dollar bin diving. Look close. <laughs> yeah, been dollar bin diving, and got a couple sketches lined up already, and have have hit the whole room yet either. Have to hit the other half of the room today. Yet. Francesco's done with your sketch. Oh, you seen it already? Yeah. All right, I'll have to pick that up then. Yeah. For me, this is my first time, so it's it's been cool just getting the lay of the land, talking to some of the people we've talked to on the show, and and. Reminder: It's coming up at three thirty upstairs in room two seventeen. Just as a reminder. Yes. Yeah. For all of you listening to this later on, yeah. you've missed this already. Hey, we can we can hear you over the over the announcer. And then tomorrow we'll be doing this and that and that. <laughs> See? Oh. There we go. <laughs> Guess there'll be a little editing right here in the middle. <laughs> okay, can I talk now? Maybe. Yeah, that, that's live radio for you. Yes. <laughs> But no, I've been having fun. It's it's, it's been a neat con and. Last reminder. <laughs> there we go. I knew it. And we're back. Okay. No, no, pretty much. I, ever since last year when Peter came down here and came back and said how much fun he had, I've been looking forward to it. So I've been having a blast so far. Good deal. Good deal. Anything uh, anything else you guys want to comment on about the show or your, your favorite uh, aspects of it so far? We're only 
about four hours into it so far. Four or five <laughs> four hours, hours into so. it. Uh, just again, like everybody keeps saying, the accessibility of ever, of people, you know, being able to talk to uh, you know guys like you know you walk by a guy like Jerry Robinson who's sitting there and just talk to him. I mean, yeah. this is a guy. This is a guy who you know without his contribution, this might not be possible. You know, stuff he's done um, and just. Being able to sit and, and talk to people, talk to the fans of our you know our respective shows, talk to the anybody. I mean, that's just one of these little these smaller shows are, are nice. It's not overcrowded, and it's just great. It's very family friendly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kids here. I mean, yeah, a lot. There really are. And I, when I walked, I went back over to the hotel and I walked back, and I must have passed three kids with books in their face like this. I'm surprised they didn't walk into the door. Yeah, you don't see a lot of kids reading comics much yeah, anymore. Yeah, but I saw actually I saw a, a, a young boy running, walking out reading the Mad Archives. All right. Yeah, he's just walking as he read. You know, <laughs> it's very family friendly. That's why I chose this over going to Philly this year because it's just so nice for the kids and and everybody. Like I take Rand around. All the creators will say hi to her, and right. you know, she thinks it's fun. Good deal. Plus, it's awesome to hang out with you guys. Sorry that Bruce and uh, Chris Marshall couldn't be uh, able to join us. Yeah, well, we we had hoped they'd be here. Maybe we can get them on here one way or the other before the before the weekend's over. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's right. it. Well, guys, I appreciate you being on my show. I know normally I don't have guests or interviews or anything like that. I talk about the old moldy stuff, but I uh, appreciate you being on the show. And we get uh, paid, right? Because. I didn't sign a release or anything. So. Yeah. No, believe me, I, I'll draft one up for you. Don't worry about that. Uh, free of charge. And we have recorded proof that you're going to do another podcast that's after right. this one. That's right. right. Well, you'll, you. yeah, you'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Probably will. But uh, maybe we'll be back tomorrow with uh, a little bit more from cool. the floor at Heroes. All right? Cool. Thanks, Bill. Talk Thanks, to you guys Bill. later. Thank All right. You. See ya. All right. Uh, Golden Age fans, uh, we have a real privilege and a pleasure on the Golden Age of comic books. Uh, we've got with us uh, Golden Age great. Jerry Robinson. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us on the show. My pleasure. Glad to uh, Jerry, uh, uh, you're here at the Heroes Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. How's the mm. show going for you so far? Oh, they're keeping me busy. Uh, I already got developed my first cramp in my hand from drawing Batman Well, I, and the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I guess that's good and that's bad. I know uh, I, I know it's great to, to have the fan base here to yeah, support well, you, I do. And, and I know... Uh, kind of get worn out drawing so many sketches but uh, how many sketches do you think you've done so far today well, only my uh, secretary my dear wife keeps track <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad if I'll I start to count them I, I get too nervous <laughs> well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're, you're doing that you're doing a great job on them I'm looking forward to getting my sketch from oh, you before thank the end you. of the weekend thank you. Well, Jerry uh, what I wanted to talk to you about of course uh, is the golden age of comic sure. books and uh, your involvement uh, way back uh, with the golden age and I know uh, most people associate your comic book work with the Batman and, mm-hmm. and the Joker. Um, how did you get started uh, working on, on the Batman feature back in 1939? Well, it's been written <coughs> about quite a bit, but I'll try to do the condensed version of it. Right. <coughs> uh, it was really uh, by accident. Uh, I intended to be a journalist, which I studied for, and I. I'd never taken any art classes or drawing, but I always loved to draw, and I was a cartoonist for some reason in the high school paper and that sort of thing. But uh, the summer I graduated high school, I sold ice cream in the back of a cart. Rather, I rode a bicycle pulling the cart. Of, yeah. And this is in Trenton, New Jersey. So as a new boy, uh, they gave me the, the franchise of the suburbs. So in the summer, I had a 
pedal for an hour just to get to the place where I could sell it. <laughs> I get maybe a, a penny a popsicle commission. So I had to sell a lot of popsicles. Sure did. And uh, so I was saving up for the first semester of college. So you were going to go to Columbia, is that right? No. Well, I had applied to Columbia, Penn, and Syracuse. Okay. And unfortunately, I was selected in all three. I didn't know which one to go to. And uh, I had grown up near Princeton. So I knew the college that was there. Princeton was a lovely college town. And for some reason, I had in mind that Syracuse might be the same. That was my basis for deciding on Syracuse. Right. And because New York sounded you know, not like a college town. Mm -hmm. And neither did Philadelphia. So um, my mother persuaded me to take $25 of my hard-earned royalties selling ice cream to go away to the country to fatten up. She thought I'd never survived the first semester. I think I was down to you know, about 88, 89 pounds. That's a, that's a lot of pedaling. Yeah. Yes, that was a lot of pedaling. And $25 was a lot of penny royalties. Oh, yeah. So I did. I was on the tennis team. That was my family sport. My, and I played all my life. Mm -hmm. So I went up to the mountains. And the first day out, I ran out to the tennis court to find a, a partner to play. And I put on this jacket which was a painter's jacket that the college kids at Princeton was the fad at the time. And they would decorate the, uh, the painter's jacket with cartoons, I guess, the graffiti of its time. Mm -hmm. And so I did cartoons all over mine, right. silly stuff, you know. Right. And uh, so I went out to court looking for a partner and, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, who did those cartoons? And I thought I was going to be arrested or something. <laughs> and I said, meekly, I did. I didn't turn around. And oh, they're pretty good. He introduced himself. It was Bob Kane. Bob Just by coincidence, he was away that week to take a vacation because he had just started Batman. Mm -hmm. The first issue had come out. Of and he took me down to the village to look at, at a copy of it. Mm -hmm. It was sold in the little village. And frankly, I wasn't very impressed. I was used to the magnificent art of Frank uh, Foster and uh, Prince Valiant and Kniff and the newspapers and so forth. Right. And I had never seen a comic book. But he said, if you come to New York, I need somebody to work with me. He just started this trip and there's this little thing of the writer and myself. So uh, I quickly called Columbia to see if my application was still good, which it was. I called Syracuse and said, I, I'm not coming to Syracuse. Thank you for the admittance. And I called my folks at home. I was going to New York. I went right from the mountains to New York. Wow. And I started Columbia and started working on Batman. You know, I, so I, I started at 17. I play a lot of tennis myself. Oh, do you? I've never had a life-changing event on the tennis court <laughs> like you did. That was a change. To God knows what, yeah. what I've been doing. But I've been fortunate. My goal is to be a journalist, and I've written many books and catalogs and, and strips. So. Uh, right. Was, that's what I guess persuaded me to continue in cartooning a couple of years in that I can combine the two, the two things, writing and drawing. Well, that's great. Well, let's, uh, let's shift gears a minute. And uh, I know that uh, today you're drawing sketches of both the Batman and the Joker. Right. Tell me about the Joker. I know that uh, you drew the very first conceptual sketch of the Joker on the playing card that right. I've seen in the, the book that you have Catalog. here from the, yeah. uh, the, the Bremen. The Atlanta show. Right, and yeah. the other show. Tell, tell me about the Joker and how that how that all came about. Well, we uh, the Batman was so successful the first few issues 
they decided to uh, publish a whole book of Batman before it appeared in Detective one story a month. And uh, so suddenly we were confronted with doing four stories for the new Batman plus one story a month for the detective. So Bill Finger was, our, was not only the best writer in the comics at the time, he was terrific and he had created most all the other characters and, and really was, should be credited being co-creator of Batman. He fleshed out the whole persona of Batman as well as the other characters. So, uh, but he was a very, he was a very uh, careful craftsman. He, he wasn't prolific. He would really work on his scripts. So we didn't think that he could turn out the five scripts all at once for adding the four for the new Batman, which they wanted right away. Right. So uh, that was my, I was taking journalism had written short stories and so forth. So I volunteered to do one of the Batman stories. So they were great because it relieved Bill of some of the pressure of doing all four. So I went home to my own place that night when we saw we were gonna have to do four stories right away. And I set out to, my first thought was to do, uh, to invent a protagonist for Batman because I knew all great from my studies of literature all great heroes had a protagonist. You know, from Sherlock Holmes and Mariotti down biblical, David Goliath and so forth. Right. And mythology. So, uh, and all, this is in the late 30s, so all the villains in the comics at that time were either racketeers, you know, out of the Dillinger area, Pretty Boy Floyd, and Bezler's uh, A lot of petty thieves. Petty thieves, kind of yeah. Like that, yeah. Uh, hijackers, you know. Right. So I wanted a, a more important villain to, uh, that would really test Batman. There was a dichotomy at the time that if the villain was too strong, it would detract from the hero. But the hero was the main thing. I felt differently because of my slave literature. And I felt, no, the stronger the villain, the stronger the hero. And... Uh, the hero always wins at the end, but really the villains are more interesting. You know, uh, heroes can be dull. Right. So that was my uh, first thought. And uh, I had always written, this, a lot of the sort of stories I wrote in college and, and for other things uh, uh, were kind of um, satires and humor. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was part of my uh, background. And so when I thought of the villain, I wanted to give him, to make him unique, you have to make a character some contradiction in terms. So I thought a villain with a sense of humor was, was something opposite and would be interesting. Right. So that was my first, first thought. And uh, I wanted to make him bizarre and memorable. And being I uh, had the idea of having the villain with humor, the next thing is to get a good name. And the Joker came immediately to mind because my family, uh, it was a lot of card playing. My, one of my brothers was a champion bridge player. Oh. And my mother was a very expert bridge oh, player. Yeah. And my father played poker and all that. Mm -hmm. So there was always cards around. Right. So as soon as I thought of the Joker, then I thought of the Joker playing card because I played with it so long. Right. And it, then I thought, gee, it's great because it has that image of the Joker, which is kind of a... Uh, 
I think it was very fortunate because the image had gone back for generations. Mm -hmm. The short jester, you know, the clowns and all that, that built-in imagery. Right. So uh, I remember studying, searching frantically in my studio for a deck of cards. I didn't think I had, I finally found one. And luckily it had a similar one. That's where I patterned the Joker after. And that became his calling card. Now, did you ever did you ever have any idea that he would become, along with the Batman, such an iconic character in the, no, in the pop no, culture? No, I can't say that. But I can say we knew he had a great character because sure. everybody loved it. You now, know, in, the the, in, in Batman number one, there are two Joker stories: the, the origin story of the right. Joker. Well, not really the origin, the first no, appearance, and the then you have the Catwoman and Joker in a story right. later on in that in that right. issue. Did you have anything right. to do with the Catwoman story in that in that issue? No, Bill did the story. Of course, I, I drew it along with Bob right. and we created a visual of the Catwoman, but not the story itself. So the Catwoman, with Bill, that was Bill's Bill idea? Bill Fingers, yeah. Now, I know that uh, I've read a lot about uh, Bill Finger and his contribution to the Batman, yeah. and, and probably he had a lot more to do with the creation of the Batman and the whole uh, the whole history of the character that has developed than Bob Kane did. Yeah. Can, can you talk about Bill Finger a little bit? Yeah, Bill was great. He's a marvelous writer. He was uh, really self-taught for the most part, uh, but he uh, read everything, read the classics, the pulps, the comics, I mean everything. And he became my really my cultural mentor. I was just 17 at the time and very raw. Right. And. Uh, not that he was an old man, I think he was only 24. <laughs> uh, seemed like an old man. And uh, so he took me everywhere. You know, I came to New York for the first time. He got a room in the Bronx just to be near Bob, where, where that was our center. So he took me to the first time to the, to, uh, the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. He took me to plays, to foreign movies. I introduced me to everything in New York. So. Uh, it was a great experience, and he was terrific. Now, I know a couple of years ago, the Bill Finger Award was created to honor comic book well, writers. Oh, I created that. Yeah, I was going to ask oh. you about that. Tell, yeah. tell me about uh, that and, and why you decided to, to uh, create that award. Well, I, uh, no, Bill just wasn't recognized. A lot of the new fans didn't know that he played such an important role. Mm -hmm. His name never appeared on the strip, nor did mine. Right. And uh, so I thought it was, it was time. Uh, uh, he died, you know, fairly young. He died broke in a family that bored him, and it was a tragedy, you know, yeah. something like the Siegel and Schuster story. So uh, I had been to, uh, uh, I had gotten a number of awards at San Diego, and so I thought of, uh, of just creating a Bill Finger Award to, uh, to uh, make sure his, his contributions were recognized. Right. So I called San Diego Comic Con, I spoke to the people there. Uh, and they were in favor of it. I called DC and uh, Paul Levitz, who I know well, the president of Marvel, asked that they would contribute to establish the award financially, and they all agreed. And uh, so we decided to make it for one, uh, one award goes to a living writer and one deceased. So that was it. The first year, I thought it was poetic justice because Jerry Siegel won for the deceased writer, right, uh, was also a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. and uh, who was the uh, living writer? Was uh, oh, I got him in a block now. Sure. Anyway, that's continued since. I was the 
chairman of the first year, and I selected a jury and ended up every year the one I would select my successor, and then he would select the next jury and so forth. Now, speaking of, of Gary Siegel and, of course, yeah. Joe Schuster, you were instrumental in the 70s in making sure that, that they got uh, some credit and certainly some financial right. reward for their creation yeah. of Superman. Is that right? Right, that's right. Uh, and that was all around the time the first Superman movie was coming yeah, out. Yeah, just before it came out. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, myself and Neil Adams also helped me try to rally the whole artistic community. Right. And uh, we were in negotiations some weeks and a little tough going, but we, we finally did not at all what they deserved. Uh, I mean, they deserved to be millionaires right. for what they contributed, what the feature made, but they were penniless. And uh, uh, Jerry had, was, had a job the equivalent of a postman, and uh, Joe was certifiably blind. He couldn't earn his living at all. So uh, he was supported by a brother, a draftsman who didn't earn much. So it was very uh, tragic. So we decided to take up the cause. Yeah. And uh, that was a long story. We did a lot yeah. to have I, it I know culminate. in the book, uh, Men of Tomorrow, that, that yeah, whole that uh, recounts it. Yes. recounted it. It was yeah. just a great story and a wonderful thing that yeah. you and the other writers uh, and, and artists did uh, to, to support them. Uh, um, you worked on uh, the Batman feature until about 1947, is that right? Just about that time, yes. Okay, do you have a favorite uh, Batman cover, either from Batman comics or Detective Comics? Well, that you I guess these are two of the, my favorites that are up here. So that, that uh, would be the, the calendar cover with the Joker, that's from Detective 71? I don't know the I, numbers. Okay. <laughs> I know images. Sure, and then yeah. the other one is Batman and Robin with the Robin calendar. in the uh, bathosphere. And the bathosphere, yeah. Or the diving bell, whatever that right. is. And the bathosphere. You've added the Joker behind that. Right. It's a great yeah. image. Great yeah. Those two are favorites. There's another one when Joe was the only time with the guns, I think. Two guns in Atlantic, uh, Aladdin's lamp. Right. That, yeah. I do know that one. That's that, one of my very favorites. Yeah. That's Detective Comics number 69. Yeah, that, that's a lot of fan favorites. Yeah, I love that. I like also the parachute one. They're parachuting down. It's a very simple cover of black. Yep. Robin and Batman and they're landing on a target. Right, that's, uh, I believe that's Batman number 13. I try to know my golden age Batman You know stuff. more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you, after you uh, stopped working on uh, Batman, um, did, you, did you continue on working in comics? Yeah, um, um, I continued, uh, let's see, the first thing, well I did in the early 40s, I kind of moonlighted and I did a feature called uh, London during the London Blitz right. during, uh, before we got into the war right and the hero was London and that was for Led Gleason uh, is that right yeah right okay. and uh, I've been told by historians one particularly who came to visit me from South America that that was the first comic published about John uh, written John and published and sold on the stand at the same time that the events that it depicted were unfolding. I'll be darned. Because I did it, we had to do that book in a week. That's fascinating. And uh, we were up day and night to get it published. It's a long story. We had a, 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 a coat of paper that we had to use at a certain time because of restrictions during the war. Right. So we had to do it over a week and we got together a group of us and each one of us invented a new character. Hmm. So mine was London and London was actually under the Blitz at that time. 
and we did it in a week and it was on the stand. Wow. So therefore, I didn't realize that until I was told years later. Yeah, now that, uh, was that in Daredevil Comics? Daredevil, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And I did another one called Adam Man. Right. And then I teamed up with Mort Meskin, mm -hmm. who was one of the closest friends. We, we had a studio together. Mm -hmm. And we did, he had already done Johnny Quick and Vigilante, and we did those together, and then we added Black Terror and Fighting Yank. We did those together. Uh, the Johnny Quick, that, that was for uh, DC. DC. And then Vigilante and, uh, uh, the also. That was for Neater. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now, I understand you uh, did a little work for Timely in the early 50s? Yeah, through most of the 50s. I worked with Stan uh, uh, all that time, through the 50s, yeah. What were you working on? Uh, oh, a whole variety of uh, uh, crime, uh, war, a lot of war stories, that right during the Korean War or just after. Mm -hmm. uh, Romance, did you work Romance, right. science fiction. That's what I like, because I was able to do something new each time. Yeah. yeah. Then you started a, a strip, a newspaper strip, yes. uh, called, uh, called Jet Scott in You're doing well. <laughs> Probably do a little bit Just do it for two years right. with uh, Harold Chibionson. And uh, it was a decision whether to end it or not. And we thought the era of science fiction was over. After two, we had a very good list. What's the name of this publisher? Dan Herman, uh, Hermes Press. Mm -hmm. He might be doing a reprint. Okay. He might reprint the whole run of Jet Scott. Oh, really? I'm talking about. It. Yeah. yeah. When, when is that uh, possibly going to be coming out? Not before next year. So. Okay. All right. How many? Uh, how many? Uh, years of that run for a couple two, of years, two two years, years from yeah. 53 to 55? That's about it, yeah. Think, All right. Yeah. Now in the 60s, sometime in the 60s, you got back into doing comic work again? Uh, no, I think all the comics was done up to the 50s. In the 60s, 1961, I became, uh, achieved my long-term goal of being a political company. All right. And That's me. when I started the career political times. Okay. I did two, two features. The first one was called Still Life. Mm -hmm. It was a political social satire. It was nationally syndicated here and abroad by the Chicago Tribune New York News Syndicate. I did that for about 17 years. Mm -hmm. One every day for six days a week. And then I changed the name to Life with Robinson, which was a more conventional cartoon with, with caricatures of leaders and so forth. And uh, it's the same social political satire. And I did that for about the same equivalent time. Over about 32 years between the two of them, one every day. And was that a syndicated? So, uh, they were piece? both syndicated, yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Now I understand that uh, you I won you the NCS award for for uh, syndicated features. Yeah. Right. Well, you've been the president of the National Cartoonist Society several times. No. Is that right? No, just once, oh, just and once. then uh, uh, I don't think anybody served with it. That's a big job. But I also served as President of the Association of American Editorial Cartoonists. I got you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell me about your work as a comics historian. Uh, one of my, obviously, one of my focuses uh, is the history of comic books. Yeah. And I, I dearly love the art form, and uh -huh. you know, you've been involved in the history of comics. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I, I spent three years writing the, uh, called the Comics and Illustrated History of Comics Strip Art 
for Putnam. And uh, uh, yeah, it was Putnam. Let's see, was that Putnam? Uh, I think so. Anyway, uh, that took three years. Of, well, I, I love history myself. And I, and I got into the study of comics. Uh, too many didn't know. Well, I think I got into it. I should go back. I also taught during the 50s at the School of Visual Arts five days a week after I did my own. I was young and foolish then. <laughs> and, uh, but I enjoyed teaching, and so I felt I should impart to my students some of the uh, history, uh, which wasn't being taught really in art school, about comics. Mm -hmm, right. And it had a great history, so I wanted to know, you know what it was all about. So I, in the studies myself, I began, saw that there was a lack of literature on it. So I embarked on the, on the job of, I didn't think it would take three years, but it did. And uh, so that's how I got into the history. And that was a big coffee table book. And this year, I'm happy to say that uh, Dark Horse is going to reprint that, uh, my history, and a new edition with new added color, and I'll bring it up to date Great. with some other uh, added some, some when will chapters. That, when will that be published? Well, as soon as I finish. <laughs> 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 they hoped it would be out this summer, but it won't be out till next year. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, that ought to be fantastic. Uh, I think it'll be good, and I'm very uh, pleased that that'll be done. I th think it was, uh, I did a lot of original research. In fact, I dated the first Yellow Kid in that, my first book. It was, it was misattributed to sometime in 96. I finally went back, enormous research to find the first ones are printed, and I finally found the first ones. First yellow clue was May 15th of 95. I'll be darned. So the government officially put it on their series of stamps, 95. Wow, that's so. great. How did you find that, just going back to uh, library well, references? all over, collectors and whatnot. And there were rumors that they had seen a clip sheet. You know, some, nobody could show me one. Right. And uh, I went to all the libraries, and finally I found, almost around the corner for me in New York, was the New York Historical Society. And I went in doing other research and I innocently asked, do you have any early World New York World or New York Journal? Where New York World is where it first appeared. And uh, we later switched to the journal, the creator outcult. And uh, they said, yeah, we have some old volumes of the, of the world in the basement. Oh my God. So I spent months there and through every page a year until wow. I came to the Yellow Kids and tracked it down to the very first one. I'll be done. So uh, that's how I came by. Uh, Do you have any other projects on tap right now? Well, beside that history, uh, uh, I, uh, the show I did in Atlanta on the superhero. Right, at the Bremen. Bremen. Right. Now you on, also did it at the Jewish trip. Museum in New York, right? Well, that was a smaller version of this. Okay. It right. was a different show, but a lot of the same material. Mm -hmm. But this big one is on tour, so I'll be giving some talks wherever I can make it, where it opens. It's going to, it wasn't Detroit, I went there. It's going to go to Cleveland, Miami, and we had a booking in Melbourne, Australia. Wow. And now Athens, Greece, so it's going to get a great trip. So I hope I can go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm going to do a book based on that. Right. Uh, and, uh, uh, I flipped through the catalog earlier, and there's uh, some fantastic historical pieces yeah, in there, there some are. original action covers. It took covers. me two years to put that together, yeah. that group. 
And uh, anyway, I to say, I don't know if you know the writer Christopher Couch. He did a book on Eisner, Bill Eisner. Yeah. He's a professor of English at the University of Massachusetts of literature, but he also is a comics authority. So he's writing my biography that will be published by Abrams next year. Oh, great. So great. I'm involved a lot in digging out the work for him. Interviews for six months and that's all. Sure. So that's enough to keep me busy. Yeah, you're going to be real busy. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see that, that you're so active and you're doing so great. Your, your sketches are, are just fantastic. And uh, well, I really you. want to thank you for being on the show with us. Well, it's my pleasure. The books to fans just love your work, and I certainly do. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. Right. Okay, good to see you. Bye-bye. All right, what a great way to end day one of Heroes Con 2007 from Charlotte, North Carolina, with that interview with Jerry Robinson. Uh, what a great man, uh, what a great contribution he's made to the Golden Age of comic books and to comic books generally over the years. Not only Golden Age comics, of course, but he was so involved in um, the comic book scene uh, throughout the, uh, uh, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, on into the present, and he's still active even at 85 years old, and in working uh, with the comic book industry, revising his comic strip history and other projects that he's working on. Just just a fantastic guy. Thanks again, Jerry, for that interview for the Golden Age of Comic Books. Well, it is actually now day two of Heroes Con 2007. It is about 9.20 in the morning on June 16th, 2007. I'm sitting down on the floor, and believe it or not, the uh, lights aren't even turned on yet in here. The public gets in at 10 o'clock, and I've just gotten all the equipment set back up for another day. And we're ready to go. Hopefully we'll uh, get some more interviews and have some other great content for this special Heroes Con 2007 edition of the Golden Age of Comic Books. Had a great evening last night. Went out to, uh, to eat with uh, some other comic book podcasters. Had a really good time. And uh, I understand they had kind of a late night. Maybe we'll talk about that later on if I can get them on the show here again with us. But uh, sounds like everybody's having a good time. The dealers that I've spoken with this morning waiting to uh, get into the room told me it was a good day yesterday and they're expecting a big day today on Saturday and I hope that's the case because uh, uh, I, I want to see all those dealers do really well and sell lots of stuff uh, and normally they do this is a great show and I think uh, being the 25th show it shows the support that uh, this particular convention has had over the years so without further ado I'm going to sign off for now and we will be back with day two of Heroes Con 2007 in just a little bit. All right, we're back, day two of Heroes Con 2007, and with me is Aaron from Sci-Fi Dig once again. Hey, Aaron. What's going on? Well, we're back once again. Will just took a picture of us. Now I can't see. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, you going to get a broadsword while you're here? No, but I understand your son's getting one. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. It's up to his mother. Well, how uh, how's the show going so far for you? Oh, I love it. It's just, just such a good time, and... Well, they had like 2,000 people yesterday. Yeah, I was talking to Shelton Drum earlier this morning, and he said by 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon they had 2,000 people here uh, for a Friday. That's just excellent. And I'm telling you, right now, walking through the aisles uh, here in front of us, I'm seeing really more people, uh, much many more people than we had yesterday at this time. Yeah, yesterday the doors opened, and everybody just kind of ran for the artist to try to get their sketches done and things like that. But, you know, I said it before, I'll say it again. What I like best about this con is I spend a better part of yesterday just talking with people, anybody. You just walk up and carry on a conversation about whatever. Right. It's very laid back, very relaxed. It's just such an enjoy. All the artists are very approachable. 
They really are. We had a nice conversation this morning as we walked in with uh, Roy Thomas and uh, had a nice chat with Don Rosa earlier. I walked over to uh, Jerry Robinson's table again this morning, and uh, he had a good line of people uh, lined up to get sketches from him. So that's encouraging. I think it's going to be a really good show today. And we have more podcasters with us today. Yeah, we have uh, James from Comic Book Savant, and he's over there looking at us and uh, not talking to us yet, but I think he's going to here in just a minute. Gonna come over and talk to us. Got a microphone right over here. Come, come join us. He's working his way around, and here he comes. Well, now he's working his way around the other table because there's not much room. But he's gonna join us here in a second. A lot of folks. There he is. You're hot there. Let me make sure the mic's hot. Hello, hello. There he is, James from Comic Book Savant. How you doing? Fine. How about you guys? Oh, doing great. I understand that you're going to be here with us only today. Is that right? Unfortunately, yes. Just well, today. Well, that's not good, but I'm glad you're here. Tell us uh, about your trip down. How'd it go? Uh, went real easy. Uh, surprisingly, got up nice and early because I wanted to be here and get with you guys. So, jumped up first thing this morning and got on the road. Good deal. Well, what are your plans for Heroes Con uh, today? What are you going to be doing? Primarily just wanting to come out, meet the other members of the Comic Podcast Network, promote my show a little bit, and just pick up pick up a few books and get a few sketches. All right, well, who are you going to get sketches from? Who are you targeting today? Um, Jamal Eigel, uh, possibly Danielle Corsetto. Um, th- those are the main ones for right now because there's so many other people. I don't know if I'm going to fight through the lines since I'm here just one day. Yeah, there were some good lines this morning already. I think, uh, I think that there were some folks lining up uh, real early to get some of the, the bigger names, I think, later this afternoon. I, in fact, I didn't see anybody with a tent, but you never know. We might see a tent pitch before it's all over with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, tell us a little bit about your show. I, I uh, think the listeners of my show would like to hear about your show. Tell us a little bit about it. All right. I pretty much covered the whole spectrum of comics. I pull from the 90s, 80s, current um, just whatever comes up. I'm a very um, interactive show with my listeners, um, so I go a lot off of suggestions on show topics that they want me to hit. So I'm I'm an open book. I don't have a particular niche like some other you know other shows. It's just anything comics because I just love comics so much. Well, that's fantastic. What's your uh, what's your uh, web address? You can find me at uh, www.comicbooksavant.com. All right, sounds great. Aaron, anything else to add? Well, have we seen? I see Supergirl. Has anybody seen any any other? I saw Supergirl and Spider Man today. Anybody yeah. else? Well, I've seen Supergirl. I've seen Spider Man. In fact, Supergirl sitting right across the uh, uh, aisle from us right now. Yes, she is. Uh, I don't see any others, and I haven't, but I bet you I bet you will see some more costumes before the day's over. I've seen no stormtroopers today or biker scouts. <laughs> I bet we'll see those, too. I, you know, we saw the headless Chewbacca yesterday. I did. I missed the headless Chewbacca. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, he'll come back with the head today. Yeah, I hope so. All right, well, I hope you guys have a great morning. It's about, uh, about 11 o'clock. We've got a long day ahead of us uh, here at Heroes, so uh, look, look forward to talking to you. See ya. All right, well, still here at uh, Hero Show for day two. It's about 4.30 in the afternoon. I have spent a lot of time wandering around the floor today. A lot of people here. I don't know how many at this point, but uh, I would suspect that there were at least twice as many as we had yesterday. But uh, it's been a great crowd. The uh, dealers appear to have been all very busy today. The the artists who are here uh, have long lines, so a great show, absolutely. Tell you what, I found something really cool uh, for the Golden Age fans listening to the show. It's a copy of Flashback Number 2. This was a series put out by a guy named Alan Light. I've mentioned it before. 
back in the early 1970s. But this is a really cool book, and I'd recommend if you can find a reprint of this or find this flashback, uh, it's something worth reading from the Golden Age of Comic Books. It's an early issue. It is issue five of the Human Torch comics. Now, I mentioned before that uh, the Golden Age of Comic Books had some real weird numbering, and the Human Torch title was no different. Issue number five of the Human Torch is actually the second copy issue number five. The Human Torch title started with issue number two, and then there was a issue number five, and then a second issue number five, and then issue number six picked up after that. This is the second issue numbered five of the Human Torch magazine. What's cool about this issue of Human Torch is that it contains a lot of the cool timely characters that were appearing in Marvel Mystery and other titles at the time. And it's a three-part story. The, uh, the whole issue is devoted to the storyline, and it's one of the great classic battles between the Submariner and the Human Torch. And it involves uh, just about uh, all of the events that were taking place in the world during that time. Essentially, you have uh, Carl Burgos, Bill Everett, Jack D'Arcy, Hank Chapman, who did the script, uh, and others uh, working on this title you know, almost in a jam way. And uh, uh, you had characters appearing from all the Marvel titles. You had the Submariner, as I mentioned, uh, Kazar, the Patriot, the Angel, uh, Princess Fen. You had other uh, historical figures even appearing in this book. You had uh, President Franklin Roosevelt. You had Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin. You had Mussolini. You had uh, Winston Churchill. Just an amazing story dealing with... Uh, World War II. The gist of the story, of course, is that the Submariner develops uh, a Napoleon complex and decides that after uh, his kingdom was somewhat destroyed by the naval battles that had been taking place over the top of his kingdom, that he is going to wage war on the surface world, a pretty common theme with the Submariner throughout the Golden Age of comic books, and he does that with his uh, armies and his uh, weapons of mass destruction, to coin a phrase. And uh, he wages war on the surface world. And that's the story that you find in this issue of Human Torch Comics number 5. Even down to the point where Kazar in the African uh, jungle builds an ark to save his animals from the great flood that uh, the Submariner is uh, visiting upon the surface dweller's world. So, very interesting story. I won't uh, go into all the details of it, but uh, if you can find it, Check it out. It's really something to see and something to read. Uh, great artwork uh, and almost an epic story from the Golden Age of comic books about the Submariner and the Human Torch uh, battling to save or conquer the surface world. Now, I would hope that Marvel, with its Masterwork series that they've already done, will put out a second volume of the Human Torch uh, Masterworks that they've done for the Golden Age of comic books there has been uh, volume one of that title and if they do a volume two I would suspect that this particular story will be reprinted there so hopefully we'll see that soon if not you might have to look around on eBay or other places for a copy of flashback number two and there may be other reprints of this story and I'll listen out uh, for comment from the listeners of the Golden Age of Comic Books to let me know if there are any out there. So check that out and I think you'll find it uh, a really, really cool read and uh, one of the classic Golden Age stories during the World War II time frame. Alright everybody, well I think uh, we're going to shut it down for day number two from the Heroes Con 2007. It's about uh, 10 after 5 and the show uh, 
is closed at 6 o'clock. They've got a pretty cool art auction tonight that we're going to go to. But I think for now, this is going to be the end of uh, day number two. Will, how have you been today? Have you had a good show? Yeah, it's been pretty good so far, and I uh, still got tomorrow. Today was probably the biggest day. Tomorrow it'll all be winding down, and not as many people. Plus, it's Father's Day, so, you know, not quite as many people will be here, but still a bunch. But it's nice that you're going to be with your father for the Father's Day at the show tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it's great. All right. All right, everybody. Well, we'll be back for day three of Heroes Con, June, uh, it'll be June 17th, 2007. We'll talk to you then. See ya. See ya, Will. Bye. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to end this episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books, Heroes Con 2007, Part 1. What I intended to do was make it one big show, but when I realized I had almost two and a half hours of total recording time from Heroes Con, I decided to split this into two episodes. So what you've heard is day one and day two of Heroes Con. About a week from now, I will upload as episode 53 of the Golden Age of Comic Books the day three coverage from Heroes Con 2007. In our day three coverage, you'll hear an interview with the great Don Rosa from the Uncle Scrooge fame. You'll also hear an interview with John Hitchcock, where we will have an extensive discussion about Alex Toth, his role in the golden age of comic books, and on into the modern age of comics, and a book that John was responsible for called the Alex Toth Doodle Book. We'll have an interview with Shelton Drum, and uh, then we'll conclude our coverage of Heroes Con 2007. So I hope everybody looks forward to our second installment from Heroes Con. Until then, have a great week, everybody, and we look forward to presenting our next episode to you about Heroes Con 2007 in about a week. <laughs>